regarding cybersecurity, Tom Carper is one of the most influential members of Congress. The Democrat from Delaware chairs the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, the panel that oversees IT security for the federal government. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased once again to be speaking with Tom Carper. Welcome, Senator. Great to be with you, Tom. Folks don't know this, but we've been doing these conversations for 30 years or so. Yeah, more than that. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I do want to talk about the cybersecurity legislation that's before your committee in Congress in a few moments. But first, I do want to reminisce. As you said, uh, 30, it was about three and a half decades ago when we first met. We were both youngsters back then, very young. You were the state treasurer. I was a government reporter for a local paper down there. Delaware legislature at that time enacted a law that, attempt, that attracted bank and payment processing operations to Delaware. Bank operations are a big business today in Delaware. Delaware, J.P. Morgan Chase, and TD Bank, which processes payments for the Target credit card, are among many financial institutions that have operations in Delaware. And J.P. Morgan and Target, of course, experience major breaches. As the senator from the state that hosts so many banks and payment processing operations, how concerned are you about these breaches of financial services companies, and what can or should the government and Congress do about it? The, uh, well, a great, uh, great question, and, and as you uh, you suggest, uh, issues that are very important to uh, to our state and, and to the businesses in, in in our state. One of the things that the Congress tried to do two years ago, you may recall, we tried to pass comprehensive cybersecurity legislation to better protect our critical infrastructure. Um, think of the electric grid, financial services, communications, uh, air traffic control, but uh, designed it to uh, to uh, to protect our critical infrastructure, designed to uh, improve the exchange of information between different kinds of businesses and government and and, and vice and vice versa. Tried to pass a, a one big bill and couldn't do it. Came back over the last uh, this Congress, which started in January a year ago, and we decided to try to to uh, to move uh, not one large piece of legislation, but uh, a handful of uh, smaller pieces of legislation, which add up to something rather substantial. Three of those pieces of legislation uh, fall in the purview of my committee, Homeland Security, Governmental Affairs Committee, and one of those is designed to to make sure that that the Department of Homeland Security has the talent that they need, the workforce that they need to be able to attract and retain uh, some of the best and brightest cyber warriors. That legislation is uh, through the House, uh, through the Senate rather than in the House. We hope it will be enacted. A, a second piece of legislation is one that enable, better enable the uh, Office of Management and Budget and the Department of Homeland Security to understand who who has what role in protecting our federal infrastructure from 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 attack and the the .gov do, domain. That's a and that's a physical reform act, right? Well, it's called FISMA, but uh, that uh, legislation is, is out of the committees before the full uh, Senate. I think it's so. Uh, I think it has a very good chance of passing both the House and the Senate. And the third piece, if you will, to more le- legitimize, we call it codify or authorize the uh, uh, Cyber Ops Center, which is part of the Department of Homeland Security, that would clarify its role, make it clear to uh, not just to others in the government, but also outside of the government, including uh, the, the business sector, who's, what the role and responsibility is of, of the Department of Homeland Security with respect to cybersecurity. Those three pieces in and of themselves don't add up to the big omnibus bill of two years ago, but they're a very good uh, start. I, I want to address uh, some of those bills, but let's go back to the core question. How, how could the, that legislation, what do you see in that legislation that would help banks in helping them deal with these and mitigate these breaches that they've experienced? It would make clear what the, the Department of Homeland Security's role is, is in all of this. And what should that be? Part of what, this, what the Department of Homeland Security can do and should do is to, to work with the, 
with whether it's a large financial services or small uh, financial services enterprise or some other business, would uh, would work with them and say, well, let's try to figure out what happened here, what went wrong, and what uh, do you need to do? How can we help ensure that uh, it doesn't happen again? How can we better protect those uh, the information that's uh, that's a value that uh, the hackers were trying to get uh, get to? So enable the uh, Department of Homeland Security to to help really lend a, a helping hand. To, to do that, they need the top flight talent. And the uh, Department of Homeland Security in the cyber uh, arena is only as good as the people who work there. Over at the Department of Defense and the National Security Agency, they have a fair amount of flexibility in what they pay people, compensation packages, and that sort of thing, hiring capabilities. Department of Homeland Security doesn't have that. They need to have a commensurate uh, a kind of, um, um, of uh, flexibility. The kind of people that the DHS would hire if they had that kind of flexibility, would it be more toward helping uh, the government itself protect its uh, IT, or is it designed to do uh, help uh, businesses such as banks? The Department of Homeland Security would use, I think, the uh, access to a better talent pool and retain a better talent pool, not only to help protect sensitive information within the government, .gov uh, domain, but also to help uh, uh, non-governmental entities protect uh, their uh, sensitive information, including uh, intellectual property rights. You know, we have an, an, we have a lot of uh, folks in the defense uh, industrial uh, arena who build radar systems, aircraft, ships, submarines, you name it, and uh, they have secrets that sometimes get, as you know, hacked. Think of the F-35 uh, aircraft. Let's talk about some of these bills. Five and a half years ago, in our first conversation here at the Information Security Media Group, you were very optimistic about reform of the Federal Information Security Management Act, FISMA, the law that governs uh, government IT security. You predicted would be signed by the president shortly. A bill reforming FISMA, as we just discussed, uh, hasn't passed the Senate. The, the House has passed a version of that. Why can't the Senate pass FISMA reform? And what seems to be holding up FISMA reform is a disagreement among some members of, of, of the Senate and, uh, I guess, Congress on the role of DHS and codifying the role that the administration already has given to DHS. Is, is, is that is that a, a major obstacle? It seems to have been in the past year. Well, that, it, it slowed down here in, in, in our committee slowed down progress on FISMA legislation until recently. The question was what should be the role of uh, the Office of Management and Budget and what should be the role of the Department of Homeland Security. The OMB has about, I don't know, two or three people in all of OMB who work uh, to protect uh, the .gov domain. And there are about 300, several hundred people in the uh, Department of Homeland Security who are available to, to help do that work. And the question is, it's a, it's a, 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 I'm a Navy guy, so I think in terms of ships, but I'll use a boat example here. And uh, the question is, like, who should be responsible for, like, steering the boat, the boat being, uh, if you will, cybersecurity policy for the uh, federal government, and who should be responsible for rowing the boat? I believe OMB should be responsible for steering the boat and to delegate to, uh, to the Department of Homeland Security a lot of responsibility for rowing the boat, for doing the actual work with federal agencies, and, and in some cases saying to agencies, no, you're, 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 not, you're not using the right... Uh, uh, hygiene, you're not using the right control standards, you just you need to do things differently or to help them figure out uh, uh, what kind of changes they need to make to their systems. But anyway, it took a while to figure that out and to come to uh, agreement in this Congress. We were there now. We passed the legislation, as I said earlier, Dr. Coburn and I uh, jointly co-sponsored it. It's, it's out of committee, unanimous vote, and we think it will go, well, I would expect it to go on unanimous consent next month. You think it will happen? Yes. Okay. Well, of course, the main difference is, I think, between the bill that you sponsored and the one that has passed the uh, House. What's not in the House bill is giving DHS authority. Just for the 
just to be able to get codified these practices, would you be willing to compromise and not deal with DHS this time around as giving them these additional authorities? We worked very hard to come up with something that's bipartisan, hammered out and negotiated literally for months. And I, I would hope that uh, something very close to what we've negotiated and, and hammered out uh, with Dr. Covert and his folks and Democrat and Republican colleagues, I would hope that, that, that uh, all that work would be respected by the House and that we could end up with something fairly close to what we've done in the Senate. Just for those who may not know, Dr. Coburn, uh, Tom Coburn is the uh, ranking member of your committee. Yes. Sometimes people call me Governor Coburn. We call him Dr. Dr. Coburn because he's a, an OBGYN. He's delivered it thousands of babies in his life. He's done all kinds of things. He's a very successful business person. And he said, no, I think I'd like to be a doctor. So he becomes this OBGYN for many years. And he said, I don't know, I think I'd like to be a congressman. And no, I want to be a senator. He's, he's done it all. He's an amazing guy. As we mentioned, uh, we discussed uh, years ago, you were predicting passage of fiscal reform. How personally frustrated are you with the dysfunction of Congress, especially regarding cybersecurity legislation and getting it passed? Well, I'm an old governor. And uh, I'm used to working in, in the state of Delaware, which is where we first met, Derek. I like I love getting things done. And in Delaware, we're Democrats, we're Republicans, but we're really good at reaching across the aisle, as we call it, the Delaware way. And so that's my DNA. And uh, I, I'm enormously frustrated here. That doesn't mean I give up. There's uh, an old saying: If you don't try, you'll never you'll never prevail. We're, we're trying. I have uh, these core, four, four core values that I try to live my life by and pick up some of them from my, my parents, some of my church, and some of them in the, in the Navy for 23 years as a naval flight officer. But number one is figure out the right thing to do and just do it, not the easy thing, not the expedient thing. We're talking right here, there's the right thing to do. The second is to treat other people the way you want to be treated, and that's part and parcel of, of everything I try to do. A third is to, uh, if it isn't perfect, make it better. Uh, just aim for excellence in everything we do. And the last one is just don't give up, never give up. You know you're right. And I bring those four core values with me to work every day. And they help guide and, and really direct me and inspire me in what the work I do. And I need them every day, too. Do you feel that do you personally have some responsibility for not making sure this legislation has gotten through earlier? It's taken so long? I took over. I succeeded Joe Lieberman as the chairman of the full committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. I'd worked earlier in the last uh, Congresses with uh, Senator Lieberman, Senator Collins from uh, from uh, Maine. But they were the leads. They were the chair of the committee, the ranking uh, Republican member of the, of the Homeland Security Committee. Uh, Congress tried under Joe Lieberman's leadership and Susan Collins' leadership and others to get something done you know, in the previous Congress two years ago. Couldn't get it done. And uh, I think if I'd been a better chairman, of uh, Homeland Security in maybe my first year and had a chance to work even more closely uh, uh, with Dr. Coburn in my first year, I think we would have made more progress. I think I've gotten to be a better chairman. I, uh, I'm, I, hope, I hope I'm better. I think the relationship that I built with Dr. Coburn is just a really good, strong one, uh, a friendship and, and a trusting relationship. Those things take some time. And our staffs, his staff, Republican staff, my staff, Democrat staff, have, I think, sort of like cued off of us and uh, they've seen the way we act and behave toward each other. And it's sort of like a trickle-down theory here. That in the, uh, If you see your leaders working together and trying to get to a good common-sense principles uh, compromise, then the, the folks on your staff will do the same thing, too. Okay, we only have a few moments left, and I'd like to get a little more personal note. Uh, you've been involved in cybersecurity lawmaking, I guess, for nearly a decade, uh, uh, perhaps longer. Uh, you're one of the more savvy lawmakers in regards to cybersecurity. How have your personal habits changed regarding your own IT security? I think I'm a, a, a lot more mindful about who actually has, has some idea what 
my uh, my own password or code code might be. Uh, I think I'm a lot uh, more careful in, in terms of uh, just going through emails and uh, just never opening up uh, stuff that uh, I'm not absolutely sure that it's, it's what it purports to, uh, to to be. I'm an old uh, naval flight officer. I was a naval intelligence officer for my squadron in, in the Navy for uh, for a while. So I think I, I sort of come to this job with uh, with. You know, in the Navy, I was saving those loose lips to sink ships, so being mindful of if you have this security clearance that ain't enough, you have to have a right to know. So I come to this job uh, already being primed for being mindful of security. And it was in the Navy in, in the 20th century, and this is the 21st century. They're different, but, but uh, some of the principles are the same. Are you concerned about your own privacy? To be honest with you, in my life, people who live the kind of lives I do, you live your life as an open book. There aren't a whole lot of secrets. Am I concerned about my own privacy? Not, not a lot. <laughs> Am I security about somebody using an email to me, phishing on a phishing expedition, and, and, and using that to gain access and do bad things to the federal government or country? No, i got to be careful about that. Thanks, Senator, for taking time to speak with me again. It was a real pleasure. See you in uh, Delaware, I hope, sometime soon. I uh, hope so, too. That was uh, Senator Tom Carper of Delaware. This is Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.